0: He said, praying for everything necessary for the preservation of this life, like food, a healthy body, good weather, house, home, good government, peace, that God may preserve us from all sorts of calamities, sickness, pestilence, hard times, war, revolution, and the like. Jesus is basically teaching us, as needy people, to be dependent on the Father. To be dependent on him for life's basic necessities. This is how life started for all of us, isn't it? As babies, dependent physically on our mothers. Literally, when we're in the room, the cord feeding us our basic necessities. And when we're born, often through breastfeeding, we're dependent on our mothers as babies, physically dependent. And hopefully that leads to a relationship of trust. We still depend on them. It builds a relationship where we're nurtured by them, where we benefit from their, them meeting our other needs in life—our emotional needs, our relational needs, our need for wisdom. God has kind of hardwired us physically to to be sustained by depending on others for all that we need. And babies naturally grow out of it, but we spiritually don't, in that we depend on our father for all that we need in life. And just like children, you hope will grow up into a sense of stability and security in life and will be confident and flourish um, as adults. So too, our dependence on the Father leads to a confidence that he cares for us. As you depend on him as Father, it's a sense that he loves us. He cares for us. He holds us in his hands. He Provides all that we need; that our needs will be met, and that we'll find a great security in our relationship uh, with Him. And that's the beginning of humanity's story, isn't it? Right at the start of Scripture, if we turn right to the beginning, and we look at creation story, that's the relationship that we had with the Father, wasn't it? That's the relationship that humanity had with God, walking in the cool of the garden with Him knowing his love and care for them. There would have been work going on, they would have been looking for bread, as it were, and going out and finding bread, but there was a secure confidence in their relationship for Adam and Eve with the Father, that he would care and provide for them a serene sense of security and confidence in his love and care and his provision. The problem is is that nowadays... We don't actually tend to live with that sense of serene security any longer. Humanity tends to live with a bit of a sense of, of panic, of worry, uh, of anxiety. Not talking like the medical term, anxiety, but thinking more just about ex- excessive worry. We tend to think of work as, or our experience of work, as toil, it's sweat. And we're unsure sometimes whether we're really looked after. Worrying if we've got enough, but God our Father made this world in the beginning with a huge abundance about it, with massive provision, with plentiful food to enjoy, with a veritable feast, really. In fact, God's command at the beginning is, "Eat from all the trees," isn't it? He says, "I've just made all of creation for you. Eat from all of the trees. Huge provision." Just amazing abundance in creation, huge provision. And he says, trust me, trust me, I'll look after you. But at the beginning of the story is that we didn't trust him, and we haven't since. Because often we've said, actually, we, we don't trust you, we don't trust that you want the best for us instead. Um, you're wrong, we don't trust you, we're suspicious of him. And kind of trusted in our own ability to make sure we provide for our needs depend on ourselves for life and all its basic necessities. And at the beginning of the story, what God says to Adam and Eve is this He says, as a result of that, when they decide to not trust the Father and depend on him for all that they need, it says this Cursed is the ground because of you this is God speaking to them. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your fates, you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken for your dust, and to dust you shall return. And so we trusted ourselves for our own prov- uh, provision, for the, um, for, uh, you know, trusted ourselves for, to meet our needs rather than the Father. And since the ground has yielded thorns and thistles, Work is toil, sweat. We feel the pressure of providing everything that we need in life. There's anxiety and worry. Things like, will I, will I meet my needs? Is there at the end of the month going to be a, enough for everything? Are we going to be able to feed everyone? Are we going to be able to pay the mortgage or the rent this month? And we can even get into the place where we kind of blame God for those situations. Because life is hard. He doesn't care. He doesn't understand. He's not there when you need him. And we might try and find an escape in things to, like, build some sense of security around us. You know, kind of, I don't know, a sense of financial security. If we take these steps and make these decisions, if we do this with our finances, there'll be, there'll always be enough. We'll make sure that we've got everything covered for ourselves anything to shield us from the harsh reality of work being toil, of, of bread being difficult to come by and this is the atmosphere in soup in which we kind of tend to live in, in our culture, even though we live in one of the wealthiest countries in the world it's, it's ironic, isn't it? because there are places where you can live in the world where that need for daily bread is a really harsh reality Perhaps you've been fortunate enough to live in a developing nation where the majority of the population really are thinking day to day. They're living hand to mouth, as it were. They're paid, they eat. They're paid, they eat. They don't get paid and then store up food for the week. They're just living hand to mouth. I read one statistic that says 98.7% of the world's global wealth is earned by those earning £10,000 a year or more. 98.7% 98.7% of the globe, world's wealth is owned by those who own £10,000 or more. And you get these kind of adverts in our culture. While I was preparing this, I watched a few adverts on mortgages because I was just so like, interested. I wonder what the adverts are like. And adverts on mortgages, uh, if, you, if you watch it, give this serene sense of calm and family life and rest in the fact that everything is taken care of and then there are a couple of them usually on them they've got something subtle like a line at the bottom that says if you do not keep up with your repayments your habits will be repossessed (laughs) which kind of cuts against the grain of the general mood of the advert some of them will say it in that voice you know at the end of the advert where you get that voice that comes up that almost induces panic doesn't it the terms and conditions apply. <laughs> we have to say it loudly and quickly, so almost like you don't notice. That actually, it induces that kind of sense of panic and worry and pressure about whether we're going to meet all of our needs. This is Adam's story. This is humanity's story. And into that story comes the new Adam. Comes Adam 2.0. Comes the second Adam. Comes Jesus. And Jesus says things like this, I will put my trust in him. Jesus declared he depends on the Father, he trusts him. He said this, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Jesus lives a life fully dependent on the Father in a way that we haven't. Fully trusts him to meet all his needs. He lives a human life fully secure and confident in the Father's love for him. It was declared at his baptism a couple of Chapters ago, when the father said, this is my son, with whom I am well pleased, in him I delight. And Jesus trusts his father from that point, knows his love for him, knows he's cared for. And what does Jesus do after his baptism? He goes off into the desert, 40 days and nights of fasting, of eating no food. And the devil comes with apparent reason, doesn't he? After 40 days and nights of fasting, what does the devil come to him and say? Says you should really be eating well, yeah. Of course, you know, after 40 days of fasting, that's a reasonable thing for somebody to say to you, isn't it? You ought to eat some food, <laughs> yeah. I should do because I'm really hungry, yeah. Just the voice of reason, you should eat some food. In fact, given you the Son of God, you could turn these stones into bread. So, oh, yeah, I could, all things are in my hands. The devil tempts in that way. And what's Jesus' response? Jesus says to him, um, man doesn't live by bread alone. He doesn't say man doesn't live by bread at all. He says, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. And that's how the enemy comes to us, isn't he? You can find security in that. If you make that financial decision or this decision in life, you'll be sorted. Everything will be alright. You know that months and years in advance, you'll have everything that you need. And it sounds perfectly reasonable, doesn't it? It's good. In fact, the way that that comes is often just good, sound financial advice. (laughs) Yes, do that. And yes, you will have a more secure future. What a reasonable thing to say. To take those kind of steps to make sure that all your needs are met. But Jesus Man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. His response to the enemy in that situation is, I depend on the Father for everything I need. Absolutely everything. Bread and everything else. I depend on the Father. If we skip a couple of chapters forward to chapter eight in Matthew, you get that story of Jesus in the storm with his disciples. They're on a boat. Remember that story? Storm and their lives are in genuine danger. Aren't they? These are really skilled, experienced fishermen. They're on a boat in a storm and they're scared for their lives. They're scared they're going to die, like many of their friends have, out at sea fishing when the storm comes, the waves are too much, they're worried the boat's going to capsize and they're going to lose their lives. How reasonable a fear is that? It's reasonable, isn't it? And they're panicking. They are overwhelmed by the pressure, by the anxiety, by the worry. They're they're in panic, and Jesus, what is Jesus doing in the boat? He's asleep. He's asleep in a storm, which physically is difficult to do anyway, but mentally and emotionally, I would imagine, fairly challenging. Jesus is asleep. He's got his head on a cushion in the storm, and the disciples panic and wake him up and say, "Don't you, you know, don't you care that we're about to die?" I mean, it's a really reasonable thing for them to go to him with. Our life is not secure. We need some help here. Can you not do something about it? And what's Jesus' response to them? He says this. He wakes up and he responds, You of little faith, why are you so afraid? (laughs) There's times in the Bible where Jesus says things and he just sounds a little bit harsh, doesn't he? Is he just being a little bit harsh and unreasonable? Is that what he's being? Is he just not quite fully understanding the situation? Is he is he just kind of being a bit humans? Pathetic bunch. No faithful dependence on the Father. It's just a silly storm. It's, that's not quite what Jesus is saying. He's not come to judge us, but he's come to share his relationship of dependence on the Father with us. As the Son of God, eternally loved, having gone through his baptism and had God the Father scream over the skies, this is my Son, with whom I'm well pleased, in him I delight. With that security and confidence, Jesus is then sleeping in boats in the middle of storms. And he gives us, when we're baptised into Christ, he gives us that security, that contentment, that confidence that he knows. How does Jesus deal with our Panic. How does Jesus deal with the pressure, the toil, the sweat, the worry, anxiety? Well, the cursed ground that yielded those thorns and thistles were pressed on his head in a crown of thorns, were pressed on his head. And Jesus took on himself the curse of the ground that was ours to bear. He took it on himself and on the cross he died Because of our distrust and our sense of independence. And he carried it all for us on the cross. And then Jesus cries out this, it says in Luke on the cross. He says, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having breathed his last, and uh, and having said this, he breathed his last. At the last moment, Jesus' last cry is a cry of utter dependence on the Father even in death into your hands I commit your spirit and then what does the Father do? the Father was very dependable for every basic need of Jesus' and more not just for food but he raises him back to life and entrusts to Jesus not the basic necessities of life but the riches of heaven gives him a resurrection body to live forever on the throne in the new heavens and the new earth And so Jesus in this prayer that we're going through is sharing with us, is offering to us his dependence on the Father. Not just to be his, but to be yours and mine as well. He wants to restore us to a relationship with the Father where we know his love and care for us so that we can live confidently and securely rather than in panic and worry and anxiety for where the bread for the day is coming from. From. and Jesus makes some amazing promises during his ministry he says things like this I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly abundantly not just your basic needs you'll have life abundantly he says this I've said these things to you that in me you may have peace peace not that you'd have panic and worry and stress and toil, but you'd have peace. In the world, you will have troubles. There's another promise. You will have financial troubles. You will have troubles of provision. You will sometimes not have enough bread for the day. But his promise is, but take heart, I have overcome the world. He says, come to me, all who, uh, who labour, labour at work trying to provide for all your needs forever come those who are heavy laden burdened down by the pressure of it all and I will give you rest the kind of rest that looks like head on a pillow on a cushion in a boat during a storm this isn't just Jesus just positive thinking it's not his like blurb on the back of his late, latest kind of self-help paperback This is a genuine offer of his security and confidence in the Father offered to us. And when we get baptized, like I said, you're plunged not into a world of insecurity, but plunged into Christ. You're baptized into Christ, into a life of security and confidence. And when Jesus is teaching this prayer to his disciples and to us, he's training us to be dependent on the Father just like he is. Give us today, Father, our daily bread. He's training them, he's training us to live as sons of God. We've been adopted into the Father's family and by teaching us this prayer, he's teaching us what it means to be adopted into the family and depend on the Father for everything. To bring our basic needs to him every day and enjoy freedom from the panic pressure, worry of daily needs. He's teaching us the habits of essentially being dependent children who are dependent on the Father. And so we read things later on in the Bible in Philippians 4. It says this, The Lord is at hand, therefore don't be anxious about anything. Don't be anxious about anything. Not food, not your clothes, not shelter, Nothing. Don't be anxious about anything. But, in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known, made known to God. By, by prayer and supplication, by doing the thing that Jesus has taught us, praying, using the Lord's Prayer as a pattern, depend on the Father for all of your needs, make your requests known to him. And then what does it say? It says this, and, The peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds. That's that's how dependent children live. Children who are spiritual children, who are sons of God, who know they're adopted into a family, they have a Father in heaven, who loves and cares for them, and provides for all their needs, have peace, like Jesus in a boat in a storm. They've got peace. And it guards their heart and mind from all the worry and panic that you see in the world. If you don't put you know pay your if you don't pay your monthly payments, your house will be repossessed. It's quite hard to live with peace in the world like that, isn't it? That's on the radio all the time. Those kind of messages. I prayer, give us today our daily bread. It's possible to live with peace in the world that guards your heart and mind. Guards your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, i.e. this is Jesus' peace that he shares with you and I by helping us into relationship with the Father through the cross. See, the problem with panic and worry and so on is not just that it's bad for you. (laughs) It's not bad for your mental health and well-being, which it is problem with it is, is that it's actually a betrayal, if you're a Christian, of who you actually are. It's forgetting who you are in Christ. It's not being true to your actual identity as a son of God, as a child of his. It's actually irrational. And so Jesus says, give us this day our daily bread. And I think daily bread is the day ahead. Because sometimes you say, how often should you pray? Well, it seems to be that Jesus is teaching us to pray at least regularly and probably every day for what's ahead in the next day. Now, uh, yeah, I'll go onto um, that in a second. But pray frequently. Why? It's to remind us of who we are. That's why the prayer starts, Our Father in Heaven. Because we need to remind ourselves, He's our Father, He loves and cares for us and we're His children. And so we come to Him in that way. So it's good to train yourself in the discipline of reminding yourself who you are in Christ, that you're a loved child of the Father. And that brings us the freedom that Jesus has won us, won for us when it comes to meeting all our needs. The problem is then, when you hear that, that you, you should hear that as a, hey, yeah, I'm a child. I should come to my Father and depend on him every day in prayer. But the way that we often hear it is, you should pray. Every day. And if you're not... Panic and worry are going to come over you. (laughs) And then what do you start doing? Panic and worrying about praying every day. Which is the opposite of what's meant to happen. So don't put yourself under pressure. Oh man, I've got to pray every day. But pray because there's freedom in it. Because you're reminded you're a child of the Father. And he's looking after you. It's in our society which is so busy and at a pace. Even in rural Suffolk, it's still pretty pacey life, isn't it? There's a lot of demands on us. You say, I don't have time to quite spend time with the father every day, even a small amount of time. That's a little bit like driving a car and saying, I know I need fuel, but I just don't have time for it right now. <laughs> and I've had that experience multiple times in my 20s while I was learning how a car functions. It's important And in the same way in our prayer life, we Relationship with the Father, it's important to come to him daily. We need time with him. Because Jesus says these words in his context in a world without fridge freezers, if you can imagine that. No fridge freezers, no eat-by or sell-by dates on the packages, none of the kind of preservatives that mean our bread can last for days, even if it's not quite as good the first day. We can still eat it five days later, can't we? And even before that, it's been made a long time before. Jesus isn't living in in that kind of world. (coughs) A daily bread was the only kind of bread there was. And that's the way the majority of the world's Christians are living. They're living on daily bread. There's there's some friends I'm going to visit when I'm in Uganda and the last time I saw them, they had no food and they were living off the jackfruit that was growing on the trees in their garden. They had four children and had adopted three. And the experience was one of utter joy. Ease. No panic on the parents. No sense of insecurity. We spent some of our time dancing. The kids were singing in tongues. They had smiles on their faces. And they only had the jackfruit on the trees grown in their garden. It's possible to live with a great sense of security and confidence in life. And those Christians who are living in the developing world have a lot to teach us Westerners about that. We have a heck of a lot of catching up to do or what it means to live as children dependent on the Father for our very basic needs in life. Because we, we build into our life so many buffer zones, don't we? The fact is that when you're thinking about your rent or your mortgage or whatever it is, your basic needs in life, you've probably got a backup plan. If X happened, then I could Y could happen, or Z could happen, or this could happen. <clears throat> I went to spend some time in Uganda and just lived in the village, and I got some experience of what living in genuine poverty looks like, but I haven't really, because I've always got a backup it's called a western education it doesn't matter where I go in the world I've got a British passport and a western education and a ton of certificates I mean I can get a job pretty much anywhere yeah I'm never going to experience in quite the way that they do what it means to ask give us today our daily bread and really be kind of living with that sense of if God doesn't come through for us we're in trouble and so I think in terms of application there is something for us here in terms of creating opportunities for that I was reading a, um, a review of a book that was by a guy who decided he would just not buy any food from the supermarket and see how long he lasted and he lasted seven weeks without having to buy anything now he didn't eat well but he just decided one day I'm not going to buy anything until I absolutely have to and I was going to clear out my fridge, freezer and cupboards and everything um, I think the experience of eating nutmeg on its own was a particularly nice one, but he lasted seven weeks, quite a long time. We've got that kind of buffer. So it means, I think, we have to create opportunities for us to depend on the Father, otherwise we never experience it. And this request for Give Us Today Our Daily Bread is something that we just never know about. It just isn't in our lived experience of Christian life. How many times can we say, if the Lord doesn't come through for us today, we're in real trouble? It's good to take steps of faith that put you in those situations because when the Father comes through for you and provides your daily needs, it does something in your heart, it does something in your relationship with Him, it does something in your kind of understanding of His care and love and provision you. So it's good to take steps of faith. A good way to start is just by being generous. For some of us that might mean just giving regularly. Just kind of on a regular basis, giving something of your income. For some of us it might be for the first time deciding to give above and beyond our regular giving that really kind of squeezes us and we have to say no to some things. Perhaps you're at that point. For you it might be actually giving something that means you're then dependent on the father to provide the thing that you've the money or whatever it is that you've just given away because you now have a lack and know that the father cares and loves for you just uh recommend some books that will help with this um Steph mentioned one last week, didn't he? Do you remember he was talking about the story of James Fraser? Um, it's in the book called Mountain Rain. I couldn't find it on my shelves, but that's a great one. S- stories of kind of 19th century missionaries, 20th century missionaries, 20th century missionaries are well worth reading. Mounted Rain would be one of them. James Fraser went to the Lisu tribes in China. Fantastic stories of radical faith where people gave up all of their w- worldly wealth in order to serve God as missionaries in other nations, you don't have to do that to to do it. You can do that just in your everyday life. But they're a great example. So James Fraser, Mountain Rain. This one, Through Gates of Splendor, which is the story of Jim Elliot, who um, went to Ecuador. Um, that's a great story. Hudson Taylor, another great biography. The stories of those folks are well worth. It. George Muller, maybe many of you will have heard of George Muller. Just fantastic stories of depending on God for provision of of, of every need. well worth reading just to fill your heart with faith that there is a Father in heaven who loves and cares for you and in Christ there's a peace and security to have knowing that when you pray, give us today our daily bread. The Father will provide everything we need. Just to um, finish before we pray together. I saw this picture of somebody who was... uh, I think it was somewhere like Canada. Um, The lake was frozen over, and the person that was with them was encouraging them, you can walk on the lake. The ice is frozen over, and you'll be absolutely fine. And this person's kind of... (sighs) mountain areas around. I'm not quite sure about it. And at the other end of the lake... um, a, a horse and coach comes roaring down the valley onto the lake, speeds across it, is absolutely fine. And the person's. Ooh. I was just about, that's a picture of what faith in God looks like. You know, when it comes to a provision of our material needs, you can do a little bit of. But you read books like that and you start to do a bit more walking on the ice, you start to realize this can take a coach and horses. Be fine with it. It's good for us to put ourselves in places where we depend on the Father afresh. And stepping on the ice is trusting in God's promises, trusting in the cross. That God has graciously given you all things in Christ. He won't spare you anything else. He hasn't even spared his son. How will he not also graciously give you all things in life? And so we're going to come round and eat bread and wine together. If you're a believer in Jesus, if you've got faith in him, then you're welcome to come and join us. There's gluten-free on the front tables just here. There's a table at the back as well. Um, and you're welcome to join us as we eat this literal bread to show that we depend on the Father for our basic needs in life. When we do that, I thought it would be good just to express our dependence on the Father. Yeah? Because, like I was saying, we live with so many securities in life. Sometimes we need to verbalise, Lord, we depend on you. We need you. Provide all we need, Father. Father and just come and pray prayers of dependence on him and then uh, we're going to pray a little bit more than this morning than we typically would from now till about 12ish, about 10 minutes or so so why don't we um, we'll go and eat bread uh, the way that we, we're going to do that is just in groups so maybe look out if you've come with friends or family, maybe include them in, in what you're doing um, collect bread and wine from the tables and then eat and drink together and pray, let's pray Prayers of dependence on the Father for everything we need. And then I might jump in at some point and lead us on to something else. Is that alright? Yeah. Should I pray and then we'll we'll go. Lord God, we depend on you. We really do, Lord. We're, we're so aware that there are many things in life that mean that we um, can gain our security and confidence in other things which ultimately can fail. We can lose our jobs houses, uh, whatever our financial security is in they can fail us but Lord God, your love and you never fail and your love for us is unshakable and indestructible and we know when we depend on you, we're depending on a sure, firm foundation of your love and care for us So we pray, Father God, as we eat the bread and drink the wine now, as we remember that you took Jesus on you, the curse of the ground that was ours to bear on our behalf so that we could know security and confidence and relationship with the Father. Pray that you would fill us with that that's ours in Christ, that sense of confidence, security, knowing we're loved and cared for by you. Come and help us in that, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.